you know, there's probably a lot of lobbyists and money and wine that are talking to us about antioxidants, but no one's talking about these beautiful qualities of beer. And that's when I started thinking, okay, there's something here and there's something that I can drink and I got to figure out how to make a gluten removed version of this beer that focuses and understands sort of the unique needs of someone who's healthy and active. And so here we had this dilemma, this this fact, this fact. This fact. I've been almost a decade, decade researching decade. this subject. Every aspect of your metabolic health improves. From the Hint offices Hint. in San Francisco, I'm Kara Golden, founder and CEO of Hint. Welcome to Unstoppable, a podcast which shares successful founder and entrepreneur stories, like Jessica Heron, founder of Stella and Dot, tech maven Randy Zuckerberg, and Lisa Sugar, the creator of the multi-million dollar media company, Pop Sugar. We dive deep into the entrepreneurial mindset, what it takes to create a scalable business, how to make an impact, the intricacies of funding, and much, much more. Plus, we ask the million-dollar question, what does it really take to be unstoppable? Let's find out. Hi, everybody. It's Kara, and we're here on Unstoppable, and we're so excited this morning to have Caitlin Landisberg, who is the CEO and founder and friend at... Sufferfest Beer Company. So, so excited. Thank you so much for coming in this morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And there's all kinds of news going on right now. (laughs) But I want to just start by congratulating Caitlin. She just actually did two major, major things that we'll get into, but uh, just had a baby, her second baby, which is so exciting. And so if there's ever any question, can you actually have a family and actually run a company and and maybe do some other things? Um, The answer is yes. And Caitlin will (laughs) talk to us more about that. But so let's go back to the beginning. And I remember meeting you at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually I remember one of the guys that works in our office was doing a race and he met you at one of the races. So tell me a little bit about Sufferfest and and what you guys are doing. That's a perfect place to start. Dane, wonderful Dane on your team, is an ultra runner. And so so am I. And um, a lot of members of our team are. Our very first event, March 4th of 2016, we served beer to sweaty athletes um, coming in from the Way Too Cool trail running event. And that's kind of a, a... a beautiful race because it's the kickoff of the ultra season and a lot of first time 50k and 50 miler runners go out and do that way too cool event and every year there's cupcakes and camaraderie and mud and it's one of the toughest races out there actually and and that was our kickoff and that's um, kind of a nice way to sort of um, start this by saying Sufferfest is all about celebrating the effort. Um, I'm a, an athlete. I've always identified my athlete more so than being a beer drinker, but um, can't see running without my finish line beer. And so um, long story short on that front, just started making beer for that finish line experience and uh, the rest is history. That's awesome. Yeah. So you, so that was the first time that you brought Sufferfest. So for those of you who don't know what Sufferfest uh, is, uh, so Caitlin, talk to us about that a little bit. What makes it unique and yeah. different? So we are dubbed um, as a functional beer company uh, by the industry and by the alcohol beverage industry, but essentially 
Um, I uh, was looking for a, a beer to drink, um, again, for that finish line experience. And nothing really felt my filled my needs as an endurance athlete, both from a, a dietary perspective and just from a healthy and active perspective. Um, and so, um, you know, what I really did was in, in 2012, I started home brewing um, and had my first aha moment that actually beer is this wonderful natural product um, and uh, kind of had that kind of sort of lightning um, strike or light bulb and wondered, you know, why aren't um, more alcohol beverage companies looking at their products to serve this community? And I was in a unique position at the time running marketing at a a fitness application called Strava Mm -hmm. um, and brewing beer on the side that was brewed um, with non-conventional ingredients, um, really focused again on digestion and um, um, celebrating the effort um, using, um, again, quality ingredients that um, our sort of sweaty tribe would recognize as replenishment ingredients that they would enjoy. What makes it unique? What are those ingredients that are different yeah. from most beers? So uh, for instance, we have a, um, a, a Kolsch, uh, which is a light beer. It's under 100 calories and under five carbs. Um, but we've added bee pollen to that. Um, and that's a wonderful um, element for all the great attributes bee pollen has. I, I mean, I even put it on my face. I digest it all the time. And I thought, that's so great. what a wonderful ingredient to use in something like a Kolsch that also will sort of trick the, the brain of thinking that you're having something sweeter than you actually are, bringing in a really nice honey aroma, um, but also giving back to our, our sweaty athletes that are really earning their beer. And so again, this business is, is a functional beer company uh, that celebrates the effort. That's why we're called Sufferfest. It's a term of endearment um, that we endurance athletes use to describe the anguish and, and, and ailing that you feel during a race or a cycle or um, a workout or even a tough day at the office. Um, but the fest part, the, the celebration is makes it all worth it. That's awesome. Um, Thinking about what's for dinner, but you haven't had a minute to even think about it before now? Well, let's not make that mistake again. I have a tip for you. Factor. Stress-free, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, just perfect for spring and summer yumminess. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes or less. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, keto, vegan, veggie, or calorie smart. Factor has you covered. Discover more than 60 add-ons every week too, like breakfast and on-the-go lunch choices, snacks and beverages now too. Stay fueled and feel good all day long with whatever they are creating over at Factor for you. And the best part? Each meal is ready to eat in just two minutes or less. And who wouldn't want that? Factor is your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. Get started today and fuel up for your spring and summer goals. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash golden50 and use code golden50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code golden50 at factormeals.com slash golden50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. 
That's code GOLDEN50 at factormeals.com slash GOLDEN50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. Awesome. Yeah. That's super awesome. And so, so you were talking about, you know, you just like went home and just started making the beer. Like, had you ever made beer before? No. Um, and I actually didn't really want to, <laughs> I was complaining to my boyfriend, who's now my husband uh, about, you know, not really having to give up beer at the, at that sort of moment in time where you'd get that commemorative pint glass. And yeah. I was saying, I'm bringing this cooler now of sugary ciders and these really obscure gluten-free beers, nothing tastes good. My my whole existence at that finish line is pretty lonely. Um, yeah. And um, he sort of challenged me and said, like, you know, complaining you is not a, do it. it's not a good look for you. you yeah. know, you're not the kind of person that just sort of sits on the on the sidelines. And so for my birthday in 2012, he got me a beer making course in Hayes Valley, actually. And that's when I started making beer for the first time. And again, wasn't looking at beer through the lens of like a craft brewer who wanted yeah. to get into that. You just thought it'd be but, fun, yeah. But from an athlete perspective, having that aha moment of, wow, it's 90% water. It's totally naturally fibrous. It has all these great antioxidants. And I thought, wow, again, 
you know, there's probably a lot of lobbyists and money and wine that are talking to us about antioxidants, but no one's talking about these beautiful qualities of beer. Um, and that's when I started thinking, okay, there's something here and there's something that I can drink and I got to figure out how to make a gluten removed version of this beer that focuses and understands sort of the unique needs of someone who's healthy and active. And I started taking courses at UC Davis School of Brewing and getting really into the biochemistry of beer. And that's sort of when I learned how to make better tasting, you know, really overall, just um, more purpose brewed beers, if you will, um, using enzymes and, and food science at UC Davis. That's amazing. Yeah. And you came from a marketing background, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm so an you're English not, major. Yeah, I, was, so. I was fish out of water. But. I always tell people though, too, <laughs> I think understanding the aspects you know, having a passion and having a reason for starting something, but also be willing to go take a class at UC Davis Brewing yeah, and like really, it really, you know, it's fun, but you also learn you, like how to do it. Absolutely. It's fun. You learn these extension courses and being part of the UC network in California, it's all around us. And yeah. I, I would just really stress that more people do it because I, I didn't believe it, you know, that the top brewing school in the country is right here, two hours away. That's awesome. Yeah. And so when we met, when you were first starting, mm-hmm. so you were out raising, I think your first round yeah. of capital. And now you were just telling me before we started here, you ended up speaking at a conference and meeting somebody. Do you want to tell a little bit about that story? Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. I think I, I remember taking you out to breakfast at Roses yeah. in 2016 going, yeah. how do you deal with all the no's? Yeah. <laughs> how do we do this? It's been a grind from day one, of course. But again, the business is very aptly named because building a building any business, certainly an alcohol beverage, and it's, it is all about the grit and the perseverance. And that's one thing I've learned. And as it relates, we have been really fortunate enough to stick to our guns and serve our sweaty consumer, as I call them, and really focus on celebrating the effort. And as such, have really played a part in creating this functional beer category. And it's not necessarily a white space that I tried to go into. It's Mm -hmm. being very self-referential and saying, this is a need. There wasn't a brand that talked to me. And turns out I wasn't alone. So we, we were really fortunate enough to get some some interest from other brands and other strategics to sort of help us grow fairly early on in our existence. But, you know, we're really focused on serving our athletes. We're really focused on a pace that allows us to build relationships with our buyers. Um, and, and these conversations were probably too soon um, and didn't necessarily set us up to build that brand that yep. I have envisioned. You know, I think I was talking to you, Kara, raising A, um, and, you know, my head was down this past fall, starting to think about raising funds for Series B and really going down that next chapter of growth to be an independent beer brand, knowing that it would be very difficult, but knowing that was probably the right thing to do to build a brand effectively the way that we should. Um, And it was at that time that I happened to go to a conference down in Los Angeles, um, uh, a small uh, beverage conference that asked me to speak just on sort of brand marketing and our loyalty building. And I happened to sit next to Jeff White, the CEO of Sierra Nevada, and he was also presenting that day. And we hadn't really talked. We were both sort of focused on the stage, but I presented in the afternoon and then he presented right after me. And we both sat down and really, like, really, I mean, it was a moment. We just we, hit it off. We yeah. looked at each other and went, kind of had this sort of facepalm, like, 
hit over the head. Like, why have we not met before? How has this happened? Um, where have you been all my life? Kind of thing. Yeah, that's awesome. And we immediately just started collaborating um, and thinking about all the the just the the fun we would have. They're just such a values driven company. They're the only platinum lead certified brewery in the country. They've got just just ferocious focus on their quality and their people and wellness. And anyway, we, we really thinking we were thinking about collaborating, but one thing led to another. Uh, the sparks were flying and we knew we had to go in deeper and really partner. So. And did you were they at like some of the same events that you had been at? Like a, you met them along the way or not really? We had, not necessarily. I think at some events, um, they are focused on the outdoor community as well, but from a, a more casual trail and backpacker community, I would say, uh, not to label them or pigeonhole them in that area, but film festivals and environmentally focused events, <coughs> we would see them certainly. But it, I don't think they've been such, uh, to me at least, just an, a, an incredible brand that I grew up with being a California kid, yeah. but also elusive, you know, and I've, I've never really understood sort of given that they were privately owned and operated and, and by a family. Or really, it never really struck me about sort of our future partnership. It wasn't together. your goal to just. It was like, not. You no. didn't think a few months ago that that not was actually going to happen. It took me by surprise, and it was a whirlwind partnership. And um, they are absolutely the best partner in the world for us. That's that's amazing. Yeah. And so, do they actually have trucks and and that you? can get on for distribution yeah, and they all do. that. Yeah. They, I mean, they have a self distribution model outside of Chico. So mm-hmm. locally they do have their own trucks, but again, you know, they've been in, they were the original craft beer company and yeah. they've been in, they've been in existence for 30 years plus um, now. And so um, they have a wholesaler network around the country that obviously allows us to tap into, but those fleets are now wholesalers um, that obviously service on behalf of their brand. And so you'll remain a CEO I um, will. of the brand, I'm which is excited. super great. Yes. That's amazing. But be able to have a partner that can really leverage uh, some things for you and, yes. and get the distribution out. Th- out. That's amazing. Yeah. So are you distributed? Like how vast are you distributed now? Sure. So we're just starting to, to change our model into that wholesaler network, but as I mentioned before, the focus has really been on serving our sweaty athletes and consumers, and we've been self-distributed since day one. Um, that started in 2016. We're now three years later. Um, we've had a a, um, a um, service here that has helped us um, provide for the state of California and Colorado. Um, in Colorado, we opened up in um 2017 because our brand was already going rogue i can imagine you can imagine the the lot of parallels there with that community so uh we've been distributing in california and colorado for about two and a half years and then we just opened up the pacific northwest um but that will be our first ever sort of wholesaler relationship and now that we're tapping into um, Sierra Nevada's wholesaler relationship, that expansion is moving at a faster clip, yeah. certainly, but um, but they've been a fantastic partner in understanding and honoring how we want to go slow and really build community and really focus again on being at the finish line and being different from, from I wouldn't say our competitive set, um, but our cohorts in this, in this category. I think our unfair advantage is that our team doesn't come from the beer business. Mm-hmm. We are a team of rock climbers, water polo players, lacrosse players, runners, cyclists. That's what we know. 
And so our unfair advantage is being at those those cycling classes at that trailhead um, in the, you know, in these in situation moments, sweating with our own tribe. And that's important to us because I think real really recognizes real, um, especially in this day and age. And yeah. we want to continue that that approach. Well, I think you guys also coming outside of the beer industry, too, you're just thinking differently about it. So, and obviously that was something that Sierra Nevada saw in what you were doing too. So that's, that's amazing. So looking back on your achievements, what are you, what are you the most proud of? I, um, probably without flinching, I'm certainly the most proud of parenthood Yeah, <laughs> and juggling parenthood, you know, in a demanding role. Uh, I think any role, frankly, being a parent is an astounding achievement and a lifelong job. I don't think I ever had an appreciation for my mom. I still tell her, oh my gosh, mom, I'm so sorry for everything I've done. I totally agree. (laughs) But um, having Fran, so I started this company March of, of 2016 was when we first started selling. I was working on it about a year and a half prior to that, but became pregnant in 2016 and, and closed around in early 2017 with Fran, my two-year-old now. And that was really hard. That was um, a lot of an aha moment just from a, a, a female and business perspective of all the things that I think I was projecting onto myself. I was embarrassed that I was pregnant. I was hiding that from investors. I was projecting all of these societal fears onto my own body, into myself and my psyche. Um, and considering pregnancy and motherhood as a weakness at that time. And I, and what about with this next one and with this next one? And it was, it was definitely, you know, obviously a transition, but knowing what I had accomplished and being able to show that, um, to, I think the people that I didn't necessarily have to show it to, but that I thought I had to, it really made me understand that we were on a rocket ship um, and if they wanted to get on, they could, but if they didn't, I was happy leaving them at the station. And I think that mentality shift was really important for me. And and I hope really important for the women in my office to see as well. You you know, we, we are a woman founded and led business. Um, We are 50% male, female in this business. I hope it continues to stay that way. And you know, I'm, I'm super proud that I made that mental shift to understanding that, in fact, I think that balance of, of, of parenthood and running a business can really, really impact for the, for the benefit and for the positive, um, your decision-making abilities, your leadership abilities, totally. um, your negotiation abilities, um, all these things, I think, and skills I don't think I was appreciating opened up. So I'm, well, I'm proud of that. Well, we were just talking a little bit about, you know, Jenny from Rent the Runway. Mm-hmm. She just raised a huge round as well, being pregnant and a few other founders that are out there. So I think more and more it's becoming like, this is what it is. Yeah. And it doesn't just because I'm carrying a child or have children, it doesn't mean that I can't do my job any less. So Absolutely. I think it's awesome. I love being able to point to examples like mm-hmm. you and what you're doing. So so what are the plans for Sufferfest over the next few years? I mean, you're getting yeah. integrated into the Sierra Nevada system. And, you know, where do you see, like, do you think you'll focus more on the West Coast then? I mean, you talked about some of the different territories. I mean, Sierra Nevada, I'm just trying to remember. I mean, I think when they first came out, totally dating myself, but they, I mean, they really were like a West Coast 
through, right? Like they, so is there pressure just to sort of grow in that way? Like just stay on the West coast, like don't, don't go anywhere. Yeah, no, it's a great question. I love that question actually, because, because we've always focused on that healthy and active consumer, that consumer lives everywhere. Yeah. And we've never identified ourselves as a San Francisco company. In fact, we don't, you don't even see that word on our, our can and our label and packaging. We've been able to be this local friend in so many of these beachheads because we hit the psychographic community around yeah. sweating for your beer, earning your beer. And in that way, like I mentioned, you know, we made a decision to go into Colorado because our brand was already going rogue there. People were grabbing yeah, it from California. Totally makes sense and, the events. And, right. Yeah. And so we send we tend to sort of follow that from a sales perspective. And so there isn't. Again, they're honoring how we grow and how we grow organically. We're a very word of mouth product. You usually hear about us from a running club member or your coach or yep. nutritionist or what have you. And so Places where we glow bright red right now are maybe the places that you would imagine. Stowe, Vermont, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, Flagstaff, Arizona, uh, Tampa, Florida. Places where people are already very active already. And so we love to be sort of known as that go-to beer for the healthy and active or for the adventurer or for the sweaty person. And so for that reason, we will be going national. We will be in, you know, east, west, north, south. We will pick the places that make the most sense for our brand. And we're lucky enough now that we do have that infrastructure to do that on a, on a pretty pretty quick clip that we wouldn't have had otherwise. Awesome. So while it's important for us to, again, go to a mile, a mile deep and an inch wide, I think we can become, we can certainly cherry pick our, our new communities where we've already had a lot of success from a brand perspective and set us up, up well for that follow through sales. That's awesome. So what advice would you give to up and coming entrepreneurs who are looking to really turn their passion into full time, you know, career that they really love and what what they're doing? What do you think is like the biggest thing? (laughs) Sure. And I think you'd probably hear this across the board. But number one, you know, no really means not right now. And you've got to tell yourself that Mm -hmm. um, because no's are are just part of the job. I Mm -hmm. think you just always get that. I'd say with CPG in particular and beverage alcohol, one, it's a regulated business. So you have to know that paperwork and red tape is going to be part of your life. Um, And if sometimes, I mean, that's almost like the barrier to entry. For some people, that's just too much. But if you can get through that, a lot fewer people are on the other side. And and all of a sudden, things start to to become more clear and open up. What are those things? I I always hear that alcohol has like the extra pieces of red tape. I mean, what are sort of the big ones? Yeah. Well, when when I was even first starting Sufferfest, you know, I just wanted to label my beer and I started slinging it, you know, down the road here. And I had to spend hours upon hours upon hours at the city planning office, at the ABC, with the TTB. Basically, if I wanted to run a business, even if I wasn't holding beer in my house, but if I wanted to run my business from my my bedroom, which I did, I had to basically license my home. You've seen some of those sort of like scarlet letter signs on those buildings when they get an alcohol license. I had that on my front door. We had an emergency HOA meeting because my my neighbors thought we were running some sort of speakeasy from our basement. Oh, that was so funny. Um, But we'd have 
um, you know, city officials and police officers walking through our our little mini, you know, tiny San Francisco apartment on a quarterly basis to make sure that we, we weren't selling from our, our home office. You have to submit samples of each of your beers to make sure that they are exactly what you say they are mm-hmm. on the label from a nutritional perspective and an alcohol volume perspective. It's a regulated business, so you can't just go out and sell direct to a consumer. You have to go and sell to a buyer who will then sell to a consumer. There's just, even from an event perspective, we work with certain events to actually serve on our behalf. And so this is all prohibition era law. Yeah. That's super, super just archaic, but you still have to follow those. And every state is different. And you have to pay to play in some states. You have to do enormous license ordeals just to get into certain states. So it's a state by state. So as you start to get into Colorado and Vermont and some of these other states, you have to. Yeah. What's the hardest state in the country that you've run across? Um, There's some that are just, uh, I'd say Texas really is continued to be called the Wild West for lots of reasons. But Texas is a very difficult state to get licensed in. Interesting. Um, and even if you change, for, it has different alcohol thresholds. So depending on if you have one beer at three and a half percent and another beer at five and a half percent, you have to change your label completely for those two different beers. Um, Interesting. And so from a production perspective, even, I mean, as a small craft company, that's just enormously time and cost intensive. So there's places that just deter young companies from going into those states because it's just too convoluted. There's so many components of this. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. in many ways harder than the non-alcoholic industry. Um, You know, they all have their their challenges to it. (laughs) Uh, So what's your favorite Sufferfest beer? Well, that's like Sophie's choice. They're my children. Um, but my my very first one that I brewed, I actually brewed it for our wedding. It was first called the mischief because that a mischief oh. is two mice or more. And my husband and I called each other little mice in a house um, running our little businesses. He runs a, a B Corp as well. That was a mischief pilsner. I served it at the wedding, at our wedding in 2015. It was before I even... Sufferfest was a, a twinkle in my eye at yeah. that point, but everyone, we got all this expensive, fancy craft beer from the region, but everyone wanted the bride's beer. Maybe that was because they were pandering to the bride. I'm not yeah. sure, but it was sort of the push I needed. Everyone said, I would drink this. This is an amazing Pilsner. It's now our flyby. It's our number one selling beer. It won the 2017 Good Food Award. It won us Pilsner Brewer of the Year um, uh, last That's year. That's so great. Um, it's, it's just been one of those... Wonderful beers that it's kind of a gateway beer to all our other functional beers. So um, that's awesome. My favorite because it's got the most memories attached to it, I suppose. So what what do you think you would tell your kids to do knowing sort of, you know, what you know about careers and and you've developed a great company and, and sold a great company, <laughs> right? What, what do you think you would tell your kids at this point? Yeah, I guess I would say, you know, maybe you have a few years, to, have a few yeah. years as, a, as a two and three month old, but I love the fact that I was an English major and that I am a fish out of water. And now I'm, you know, doing something that I love and actually seeing some, some results. And so I think that is a lesson for my kids and for everyone that, you know, you may be in one career now, but life is long. Yeah. And if you have a passion, then do something about it because it could turn out to be That's awesome. greater than you'd ever expect. So. And so what makes you unstoppable? Again, I think, you know, as a runner myself and being out there by myself for hours and hours with my thoughts and love just it. grinding through that night 
the sun will rise. And that is a beautiful moment in a runner's life when that sun rises and you can turn off your headlamp. There hasn't been a problem I, I wasn't able to solve after a run. And That's so awesome. that makes me unstoppable. I'll just put one foot in front of the other. That's so great. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for coming by. And everybody, where can people buy the product? Yeah. yeah. Um, hopefully soon around the country. But if you're in California, Colorado, Washington, or Oregon, you can find us at Whole Foods Market, Molly Stone, Safeway Albertsons, Target. That's so um, great. lots of indies. We we love our natural groceries all around the all around the state. So and it is so yummy, you guys. It's like it's so so good. So I remember when I first tried it, and I don't know. I I think especially when things are gluten free, you're sort of like eh, I don't know. If I'm gonna, you know what's the trade off of it? Right. But it is so good. Thank I mean, everybody. You. We actually had a bunch around our office, and everybody was trying it, and they were like, "Wow, this is so good." So Thank you guys you. definitely. Give it a try. Okay, great. Well, thanks, Caitlin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you like what you heard, please help spread the word and leave us a review. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Please talk to me at Kara Golden on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, be unstoppable. Unstoppable. Unstoppable.